The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. We are back on the love boat today <laughs> at the masculine journey. The, the love boat. Oh, there you go. And we, uh, we're going to the Eros route today. So this is going to be kind of an exciting show. That's for sure. We got some stuff that really has kind of just challenged me, my thinking. So I'm wondering if it may challenge you a bit. It's nice to have a lot of our team back with us. We got Dennis back. It's good to have you back with us. You're good feeling be better? Here. Yes, sir. And we, we certainly have Alan. We have Vinny. Samuel, although we're still praying for him, he's still recovering from his surgery, surgery a week ago Tuesday. And um, he is doing much better. And we thank you all for the prayers because he's making progress. But. We got to be in love today. <laughs> and Alberto, you have this, uh, man, Eros, love. What What are we talking about, dude? I'd rather you not look at me and say that, man. I'm just saying. I'm hey, you just guys saying. said you weren't going to do those voices. Now. Did we say that? <laughs> I okay. thought you did. I'm just a love machine. <laughs> so Eros stop. is the Greek word for. That's a visual image. I don't think any of us. A type of love <laughs> that is sexual. This is. Eros is where we get the word erotica. Um, so when we think of this love, it's a physical attraction. It's that it's a consummation of that physical attraction. It's the love where you just can't get it out of your mind. And when we think about that versus um, the agape love, the self-sacrificing love, you know, the self-sacrificing love is a spiritual love that helps us to transcend the physical world and focus more on the spiritual um, aspect of that relationship eros keeps you grounded right there in the flesh there's not much getting around it and you hmm. got a clip along those lines to take you kind of right there however you know as c.s lewis would point out without eros you know there wouldn't be a next generation so you know it's, but, at some level I, this let me set important. up the clip real quick oh go ahead for, for those of you that aren't familiar this is from the movie hitch and he is kind of like um What's the word I'm looking for? I had it before the show and I completely lost it. But he's a matchmaker. And what he does is he kind of, you know, he doesn't pick out the other person. He lets that physical attraction come on its own. But he helps the guy refine himself so the, you know, guys don't really know what women like. I know that I struggle with that for probably 53 years. I'm 53 now, so I've been struggling a long time. But he, what he does is he tries to refine the package a little bit and help guys to kind of put the the goofiness, the oddness away. So, but in this scene, um, our matchmaker Hitch, he only helps guys that are in love. This is all about love for him. Hmm. And this particular one, this guy is not in love. Vance Munson. Sorry I'm late. Oh, no. Uh, not a problem. <laughs> wow, you're... you're the <laughs> Can I get you something to drink, Mr. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. So tell me about her. Have you ever met someone and you knew right away she was going to be important to you? Not just because of her looks, but, you know, that X factor. Mm. How'd you meet her? 
Uh, actually, I was in a shop buying pajamas for my mom. And by that, of course, you mean you were buying lingerie for another woman. Yes. <laughs> you can't help when you meet somebody. Can you? And uh, the lingerie is for a woman I'm no longer seeing. So, but anyway, the girl I met, the one I was talking about, she's so sweet, funny, southern. She gives me a number. Now, she won't return my phone calls. I don't know what it is about her. I just can't get her out of my mind. You know, food has lost its taste. Colors, you know, they seem dull. And things that used to matter, I don't know, they just no longer do. I think things aren't going to snap back unless I... Excuse me? You know... I think you may have misunderstood what I do exactly. No, I was told. You help guide. Right. But, see, here's the thing. My clients actually like women. Hmm. Let me make one thing clear to you, Rabbi. I need professional help. Well, that is for I'm certain. And I'm glad you can admit it because generally that's the hardest part. See what I'm doing? This is what I'm about. Power suit, power tie, power steering. People can wince, cry, beg, but eventually they do what I want. Oh! So that's like a metaphor. Oh, yeah. Right, well, see, I'm more of a literal kind of guy. So when I do this, oh, oh, this is more like me saying that I will literally break off if you ever touch me again. Okay, pumpkin? So, cool. uh, so Al, you get a feeling that this is clearly not a, a thing that glorifies God, but it has its it has its you know need in in life in general, right? Yeah. We do. There's an attraction that comes with that that's normal. That's most relationships are have some sort of physical attraction. But what, what's the one thing that you guys notice about our our um uh, our, not our he's not our hero our antihero here, uh, Vance Monson. What did you notice about his personality? Where was his focus? Himself, obviously. Oh yeah, he was all about pride. It was about conquest. It was about devouring the beauty. Yeah. That's a kind of lust that you're right. Not only does it not glorify God, but it, it wounds other people severely. So I think that, it, you know, we Christians can see that one pretty easy and mark that. And but C.S. Lewis took this at a level that really kind of shocked me in his book. He wrote a book, C.S. Lewis, called The Four Loves, which I couldn't recommend high enough to anybody wanting to study the subject. But on the subject of Eros, he went inside Eros and he said, well, there's Venus, which is that which Munson just described to a T, which is just a physical animal-like desire. But he says, from Venus, the carnal agreement within Eros, I now turn to Eros as a whole. Here we shall see the same pattern repeated as Venus within Eros does not really aim at pleasure, so Eros does not aim at happiness. We may think he does, but when he is brought to the test, it proves otherwise. Everyone knows that it's useless to try to separate lovers by proving them, by proving to them that their marriage will be an unhappy one. This is not only because they will disbelieve you, they usually will, no doubt, but even if they believe, they would not be, be dissuaded. For it's the very mark of Eros that when he is in us, we had rather share unhappiness with the beloved than be unhappy on any other terms. 
Eros never hesitates to say, better this than parting, better to be miserable with her than happy without her. Let our hearts break, provided they break together. If the voice within us does not say this, it is not the voice of Eros. And thus, you have this idea of the beloved, and this Eros that C.S. Lewis is going to take us a bit of a trip on. But that's that in love feeling, right, Dennis, Mm -hmm. that you had for that young girl when you were in high school or maybe in junior high, and then all of a sudden, what is this that's gotten into my mind? I can't get this girl out of my mind. I, it's, it's, a, it's a strong force that, that is reckoned with, especially in a young man. Yeah, we went, we went to a place with that at age 17 that I don't necessarily recommend, but I can tell you as we've been talking about it and reliving that time in my life that I very much thought that I was in love with this young lady. I mean, she consumed my thoughts. I wanted to talk to her on the phone all the time. I wanted to see her as often as possible. So there was an in love going on there for sure. And so within that in love, C.S. Lewis shows there's a way that that glorifies God, but there's a way that it's self-sacrificing measures that actually can be destructive and rebellious to God. But well, let's just get a feeling of in love here with where Harry met Sally. With all your faults, I love you still. It has to be. I've been doing a lot of thinking, and the thing is, I love you. What? I love you. How do you expect me to respond to this? How about you love me too? How about I'm leaving? Doesn't what I said mean anything to you? I'm sorry, Harry. I know it's New Year's Eve. I know you're feeling lonely, but you just can't show up here, tell me you love me, and expect that to make everything all right. It doesn't work this way. Well, how does it work? I don't know, but not this way. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. See, that is just like you, Harry. You say things like that and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you, Harry. I really hate you. First time we met, we hated each other. No, you didn't hate me. I hated you. The second time we met, you didn't even remember me. I did, too. I remembered you. The third time we met, we became friends. We were friends for a long time. And then we weren't. And then we fell in love. And then we fell in love. It just a, that's, isn't that what life's about? Isn't that the, just an unbelievable feeling? Everybody that's experienced it seems like that can't go wrong. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, Vinny? Oh, it sure is. Uh, you could go through life, in my case anyway, uh, dating a lot of women and you know, you're young. I was young. At one point. At one point. <laughs> at one point. Touche. Many moons uh, ago. Many, many, many moons ago. And naturally, you know, you're in love with everybody because you, <clears throat> it becomes a conquest, you know. But the first time that I honestly felt in love and knew that it was love 
and I have told you guys this story many times, when I took my wife, well, she wasn't my wife then, Rita, who had two children, and we picked them up, and we had a great time with the two kids at the beach and everything else, and lust entered my mind for Rita. She was gorgeous. But and then love, I, love transcends. Yeah. And we have some love discussion. about. And, and C.S. Lewis is going to take you a place that I think will surprise you. You sure surprised me. We're going to discuss that when we come back. Have a little bit more love boat coming your way. <laughs> so stay tuned. Find out more about us at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Share a podcast with a friend. This is so exciting, Sam. We've got a men's night coming up for Masculine Journey Radio both August 9th and the 30th. We do, and it's at the Kernersville Community House, and you can look that up online for directions or go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to get directions. But it's going to be a night where we actually record the show from there. You get to see some of the pre-show, some of the post-show, and really have some fellowship along with us. Come join the Band of Brothers, and it's free. August 9th and the 30th, 730 to 9 o'clock at the Kernersville Community House. There you go, in Kernersville. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. All right, welcome back to the Masculine Journey today. We are uh, still on the love boat with Dennis, who's singing Passion. Uh, not quite Rod Stewart there, Dennis. But <laughs> nonetheless, home now. nonetheless, we are talking about Eros and that, uh, that in love feeling, but also the physical part of that. And when we left our hero, Vinny, he was on the beach with this, what was apparently a 40s hottie. Um, That's right. <laughs> the 50s, the 50s. All right. All right. <laughs> and on the way home, you know, in the car, I'm looking at the two kids, and I'm looking at her, and, I'm, you know, the lust was really absorbing me. And I had to make a decision. Wait a minute here now. I love, I'm, I think I'm falling in love with this lady. But I have to make some kind of decision because there's two children. Am I man enough to take on two children just because I'm lusting for somebody? And to cut the story short, I am so happy that I made the right decision. I married the lady. I raised the two kids. They love me like I'm their dad. And everything ended well. The end. (laughs) And it... And it yeah. does when it goes in that door. Did you have something you wanted to add, Dennis? Uh, no, that was quite good. It is good. It is good. And I'm going to continue on with what a little bit of C.S. Lewis's discussion here on Eros is. And here he says, and this is a good place to add this, people in love cannot be moved by kindness. Wow, what does that mean? And opposition makes them feel like martyrs. 
Martyrs is exactly right. Years ago when I wrote the medieval love poetry, wrote about medieval love poetry, and described its strange half-make-believe religion of love, I was blind enough to treat this as an almost purely literary phenomenon. I now know better. Eros, by his nature, invites it. All of love, he is, at his height, most godlike. Of all the loves, Eros is, at its height, most godlike. Therefore, therefore, most prone to demand our worship of himself. He always tends to turn being in love into a sort of religion. The pair can say to one another in an almost sacrificial spirit, it is for love's sake that I have neglected my parents, left my children, cheated my partner, failed my friend at his greatest need. These reasons in love's law has passed for good. The votaires, which means the people that have made the vows, may even come to feel a particular merit in such sacrifices. What costlier offering can be laid on love's altar than one's conscience? And so when you think of what he's saying there, if you've talked to people that had affairs that was beyond the, 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 the sex of it, it was that I'm in love, but you don't understand I love this person. But you see, right, Al, that isn't love that glorifies God. No, you're right, and there's... As you were saying that, I started thinking about we ha- we're talking about six different types of love, and as you were saying that, I realized the first three are self feeding. You're, you're, it's feeding oneself. It's all about me consuming. That that woman makes me feel so good. I care about nobody else. This is what I need. This is what I want. Whereas the last three are sacrificing. We have a pragma, which was the long-standing love between. Well, it's sacrificing, but sacrificing well for a different purpose. Sacrificing a, for a sacrifice that is selfless, that glorifies God. There you go. There and you go. The, But the one we're talking about now is a sacrifice that hurts other people, and it doesn't glorify God. Most of the time it's probably sinful, but I would say there are other times when it's just, it's not sinful, but it's not right. So this, if, you, if you go back, and I just want to go back, for a second to this Harry Met Sally clip because we were talking about it earlier. Was he really being about her or was he being about himself? She made him feel good. That's a great point. I was thinking that. He he He, was talking about what she did for him, even the bad stuff, but it was all about him, wasn't it? He never said, I want to be there to do this for you. I want to be there to do that for you. When you get old and you can't move, I want to feed you soup and put your feet up on the couch and stuff. Not that that's romantic. But, but a beauty unveiled has something to do with marriage. We're going to get to that. Okay. Okay. But all these things add in. God uses all these forces sometimes for good, and we can turn them in all sorts of different well, ways. Well, but let's you. talk about this particular sacrifice here for a second. And one of the worst sacrifices that I can possibly think of that happens in love where people turn it actually to a suicide. And you may recognize the music as Romeo and Juliet where we see what these two sacrificed for love. It's sacrificial but it sure doesn't glorify God. Cheers to my love. (laughs) 
So you guys get the, I don't have to play the rest of the music. You get the picture. <laughs> I actually but love that song. There's a, there's a lot of dying <laughs> and dying sounds that goes on, but Yeah, there's yeah. the love. I mean, you know, when she grabs the dagger, oh, oh, happy dagger, you know, when she it's 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 a painful thing to watch cuz this is a waste of, you know, two beautiful lives and and so misguided. But again, they think they're doing it for an honorable reason and you know, often people find themselves here you know, where they think they're doing something honorable, but it's totally dishonoring to God. And, and it's an interesting thing because that feeling feels so holy. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you say that, I wondered, I was sitting there thinking to myself, is that not part of the journey? And there's a maturity and a spiritual growth in that because it started for me with my wife. I, we were in a meeting and for some reason, I looked at her, I smiled, and I winked at her. And I've never winked at anybody in my life. I winked at her. And I, for a year and a half, tried to get her to go out with me. She was dating somebody else. So I was haplessly wanting to go out with this girl and helpless to, to do anything about it. But as we, you know, they talk about the first five years of marriage are the hardest. That's where you have to make that decision. Do I make that transition of she feeds me to... I want to take care of her and vice versa for a woman that she wants to take care of you. I, I just see that there's got to be a, a path in this. It starts in one way, but it's, can you make that transition? I think that's why divorce rates are so high is people can't move to that point where I want to take care of you. And when you get to that point, like Romeo and Juliet, where, you know, they're committing suicide, you know, one of the big aspects of this ministry is my place in the story. Am I going to end my place in the story just because I didn't get what I want? Dennis? Hmm. Well, I was just thinking about my mom and dad, and I don't know why this came across my mind, but, you know, my parents have been married 58 years this month, and there are a lot of times during the course of their marriage, as a matter of fact, I can remember when we were teenagers, sometimes the kids used to say, well, I, I wish they wouldn't stay together for us because they can't seem to get along, you know, because they had problems. They were younger people, very young when they got married. They had you as a child. They had uh, me as a child <laughs> and, and my middle brother. Ouch. My middle brother, who was what a great follow about words that hurt. <laughs> yeah, all three of us had our own, uh, yeah, we had we had a lot of stuff for him to get in arguments about. But uh, I've seen their love grow over the years and can honestly say that I, th I think my parents are in love to this day, 58 years after. And I can see that role kind of changing where after my dad had a major heart attack and kind of didn't work as hard in, in, his, in his business as much. And mom has had some health problems that that, that, that caring has kind of shifted around a little bit for, where he does a lot of things for her in the house and things like that. So there, there's just a true love there that I think has always been there. And I think that that's a <coughs> critical thing, obviously, as I've thought about this, that God uses that in love, young love feeling to take us through where I don't mind being unhappy if I can be unhappy with my wife through those early stages of the marriage. And in the book Love and War by John Eldridge, he performed a marriage ceremony where he was talking to the young bride and the young groom. And I love what he said to them that's getting to that stage that Al made reference to of getting past this young love in love feeling to where does that go? Where does that transcend? And he says, this is John speaking to the, to the marriage couple. A lie is going to come to the both of you, stating very soon in subtle and not so what a ways, in subtle ways, it can't be done. In other words, your marriage, it can't be done. It's too hard. We had unrealistic expectations. It isn't worth it. 
The lie to you, Megan, will be you are nothing more than a disappointment. And the lie to you, Daniel, will be you are really not man enough for this. And so I have two words for you today, words that I want you to keep close in your hearts as you go forward. You, Megan, you are radiant. You shimmer. You shine. You're a treasure of a woman, a gem. You are. And Daniel, you're a man. You're strong. And you are valiant. You have what it takes. Hold this close to your hearts. It can be done. And, it's can, and it is worth it. And, and in the masculine journey, that's, that sense of being in love takes us into manhood. But Vinny, after 85 years, where does it take you? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know I stopped smoking, so. Um, no, I mean, here you're on your second marriage with Nancy. That's right. She's blind, and you're in a situation where you're basic, basically helping her, and now you find yourself there, and where, where does it take you? It, well, it's a different kind of love, you know. Nobody, I love Nancy. There's no question about it. She's a wonderful lady. And I'm blessed to have her. But Rita was, uh, you know, my first love and will always be my first love. And I, I, uh, excuse me, Robbie, but I better say that we were blessed with a daughter. Because if I don't say that we had another daughter, that daughter will get me tonight. You know, Mm. so, yeah, we had another daughter and we were blessed with three beautiful, four beautiful Three beautiful children. We lost a son. But, the, you know, I, I really don't know how many people know uh, what love really is. You know, love comes in so many packages. Uh, like, yeah. That's why the Greeks have all these words for it. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but it's a place that, you know, where God takes you that I can tell when I'm sitting there on the couch with you and Nancy you know, when I'm at your house, that this is a sacred place for people that are suffering to some extent through what's going on with their lives. But you're, you are still together and you still are happy that you have this way to share life. I, I really do believe, I don't know if I'm right, because we'd have to ask a psychiatrist or psychologist, I don't know, one or the other. I think the age and our generation we think differently than say guys like you i mean i got kids older than you so it has to do with age and generation the older we get the better we're gonna like it dennis (laughs) yeah and i have a daughter getting married in two months and i want to share with them what john eldridge said on the other end of it don't believe those lies go listen to the podcast at masculinejourneyradio.org and join us next tuesday we're going to be recording at the kernersville community center We're going to start at 5.30. It's going to go to 9. Come join us. Kernersville Community Center.